This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM ESPN New York. Locked and loaded for the next two hours until Nick pregame comes your way at 5 o'clock. So we got a lot of stuff to get to, a short amount of time to do so. The number you know, of course, 1-800-919-ESPN. You can uh, find me on Twitter, on Instagram, at Gordon Damer, on TikTok, at Old Man Radio. But most importantly, you can find me uh, on your radio right here for the next uh, 120 minutes, two hours today. And we got, uh, I mean, more than enough stuff to, to run it down. Like if we were just scheduling the show based on how much stuff we have, it would probably be, what, six hours, seven hour show? But no, we're going to squeeze it all into two hours. Obviously, as you heard in the update there, conference championship games this weekend. And uh, we will talk the games, Bengals and the Chiefs, the Niners, the Eagles. And really, we're going to pick the games as we always do. And it's not just anybody making these picks. As we have told you repeatedly, we've tried to drill this home to you as much as possible. This is the home. This, this show is the home of the most accurate NFL picks of any host on this station. I am Gordon Damer, the 2022 Cover 5 champ. And we've carried it over to the postseason. Now, Cover 5, unfortunately, I've contacted them. I said, you guys really should have continued this on in the postseason as well. They said, who is this? And hung up the phone. But so far in the postseason, 7-3. and three. Seven and three, which is a very strong start, and there's not that many games left, right? We only got three games to go, and I don't know what the other people, I can't go to the Cover 5 app and check the receipts of everybody else, but I'd have to imagine if any host was better than seven and three, I would think I would have, it would have filtered back to me somehow. But this week, clearly our toughest challenge so far. Four really good teams, there's not a fraud in the bunch, and very close games, the lines are very close, so this... In terms of picking games, this week will be our toughest challenge so far, so we'll see if we're up to that a little bit later on. We got to uh, recap the Giants season that ended for uh, since the last time we spoke on a Saturday, right? Last week this time, Giant fans were pumped up. They were ready to roll. And the big question going into that game in Philadelphia on Saturday night was, can the Eagles flip the switch? And the answer was yes, yes, they could. Yes, absolutely they could and did and did very many uh, uh, quickly and uh, efficiently. So we'll, we'll touch on the Giants season. We've got to focus on the Jets. We've got to get into the Knicks coming off their best win of the season by far. And yet all I heard yesterday on this station was complaints about the Knicks. So we'll get into them. We've got the baseball. We've got Ben Simmons. we got Hall of Famer Scott Rowland we got to touch on. But the starting off point, I think, is where, uh, you know, what we want to jump off with is something that happened a couple of days ago, and that is the New York Jets. The Jets drive content. I, I hate to break it to you, and it seems like this offseason is going to be the offseason, much like the summer of George, this is going to be the offseason of the Jets because the Jets have found their new offensive coordinator. They hired Nathaniel Hackett a couple of days ago, fresh off his disastrous run as Broncos head coach. I mean, it was not quite Urban Meyer, but it was bad. But they bring in someone who has offensive coordinators experience. And, and look, the, the, the range of emotions when Adam Schefter put out that tweet, the Jets have their new offensive coordinator, uh, Nathaniel Hackett, it really kind of ran the gamut. But here's the thing. 
how the Jets and how I feel about this move and, and their offseason, and when I say the Jets, I mean Joe Douglas and Robert Sala. The Jets should be approaching this offseason. They should take advice from the great philosopher, Stone Cold Steve Austin. What was Steve Austin's, I, I'm sure he had more than one, but his main catchphrase, the catchphrase that was so big that even somebody like me, a 52-year-old man, knows it, even though I was not watching professional wrestling. His catchphrase was, that's the bottom line because Stone Cold said so. And that is the way the Jets should be approaching this offseason. That's the bottom line because Stone Cold said so. They should have a bottom line mentality going into everything they do this offseason. They should approach each decision they make like it is their last chance because it very well might be. When you look at the way that this season ended, the, the talk after the season of, of, of the head coach and the GM too, you know that going into next season, no matter anybody wants to admit it out loud or not, there is a playoff mandate. And it's very hard to find a situation where the expectations are so high and yet the, the, the important questions are still so unanswered. So when you're looking for an offensive coordinator, a quarterback, whatever other pieces you feel like you need to make sure you are in the playoffs next year, you should be approaching it with a bottom line mentality. It should not be, what's the best for us three years from now? What's the, what will make us better down the road? What's the best long-term approach? No, 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 no. Bottom line. Next year, you must be in the playoffs. So when you're looking at potential offensive coordinators, you have to be hiring somebody who has a resume for that job, some form of success in that job. And as I was, I mean, we were talking about this when it was clear uh, that they were going to be moving off somebody. They weren't going to bring back the quarterback, the offensive coordinator, and the coach and hope it was going to be right next year. No. You cannot go into looking for a new offensive coordinator and hire a passing game coordinator. I don't want to be looking at a tight ends coach. I don't want a quarterback whisperer. I don't need another guru. I need somebody who has held the job before and has had some success in the job. But a lot of the reaction was, well, why would you hide? This guy was terrible in Denver. I saw a lot of, well, this is Adam Gase all over again. What he did in Denver doesn't really matter because the NFL is littered with guys who are bad head coaches but are good coordinators. I mean, the, the, the poster child of bad head coach, good coordinator, for me, it might be different for you, but for me is North Turner. North Turner was a good offensive coordinator but just never cut it as a, as a head coach. But there's lots of examples. It could be offensive like Josh McDaniels who's – uh, obviously has not distinguished himself as a head coach, but plenty of success as an offensive coordinator. Could be Steve Spagnolo Had a couple of cracks as a head coach. Didn't work out. Obviously, he's a good coordinator. I mean, the coach that everybody, it seemed like three or four teams are fighting over right now, Vic Fangio, had three years as a head coach in Denver, had a losing record every single year, but teams are still fighting over him to be their, their defensive coordinator. So 
To me, the fact that he was a disaster in Denver for parts of one season, that doesn't really matter. And what you have to keep in mind is your search was almost certainly hampered by the situation you find yourself in. So I'm not saying that Nathaniel Hackett is the best uh, candidate that's around, but I do think that he was the best candidate of the names that I saw the Jets talking to. Again, you're going into a year with a playoff mandate. You don't have a quarterback right now. You don't have a great history of success. And that offensive coordinator's position for the Jets, oh my God, has that been a light? If I had a dollar for every time I heard criticism about a Jet offensive coordinator, I could buy the Jets. I could buy out Woody Johnson tomorrow. So the fact that certain guys weren't even interested in looking at the position kind of tells you how the Jets were hampered in this situation. So to me, you had to get somebody who had some experience in that job. And I think that Nathaniel Hackett, that's fine. And this, is the, this has nothing to do with whether or not Aaron Rodgers. This is separate from that whole conversation. You had to get somebody who was not learning on the job in any way. The Jets have done that a thousand times. Bad teams, bad organizations do that all the time. You could not do that this time. And when you take a look at the, 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 and this is why I don't really think it's all that worth getting all that worked up about, because take a look at, think about Jet offensive coordinators in the past. Guys, if you're a Jet fan, you've yelled and screamed about. I think probably the number one guy would be Brian Schottenheimer. I feel like that one was, was, was pretty well, but it could be Paul Hackett. It could be Mike Heimerdinger. It could be uh, Chan Gailey. It could be, was Tony Sperano the offensive coordinator for, I think he was too. I mean, it's a long list. And, and, and the reason why I don't really think Nathaniel Hackett is all the, the be-all and end-all of the offseason is because what do all those guys have in common? They didn't have a good quarterback. That's the number one. That's numbers one, two, and three for the Jets this offseason. They have to find the quarterback and have to approach it from a bottom-line mentality. It's not about... Oh, well, is this guy going to be good in three years? I want to have a guy who's signed to a reasonable con. No, you got to fix it now. Because if you don't fix it now, it's going to be someone else's problem probably later. If the Jets do not make the playoffs next year, at least one of the head coach, the GM, if not both, might be looking for jobs. You don't get forever to turn things around. And I don't care what the owner said publicly or not, the Jets must make the playoffs next year. Now, look, if they won 10 games somehow and, and missed out because there were just so many good teams in the AFC and weren't able to, okay, maybe there's some, maybe there's some wiggle room somewhere. Down, but let's not focus on, uh, on, the, uh, on, the, on, on the technicalities. Focus on, yes, there is a playoff mandate next year. So when you're looking at this offseason, Nathaniel Hackett's now in the fold. Okay, fine. The main thing the Jets have to figure out is who the quarterback's going to be. And when you take it from a bottom line mentality, to me, there's no other name that comes first up. And the name that comes up first has to be Aaron Rodgers. And the fact that now you've, you've hired Nathaniel Hackett, apparently his pal, uh, is, is just more smoke to the fire that is the Jets need a quarterback. Aaron Rodgers is available. If it costs you draft picks, if it costs you money, whatever it costs, it's much like with the offensive coordinator. This was the best guy that you talked to. Of the guys that are available, 
that we know of, Aaron Rodgers is by far the number one guy. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. So much to get to today, but uh, we've opened up with the Jets. I know some people are already sick of hearing about Aaron Rodgers and the Jets, but look, this is, this is the offseason, and the offseason really could be the offseason of the Jets. Now, here's the th- problem. Generally, the team you're talking about the most in the offseason is not generally the team you're going to be still speaking about during the regular season. You know, I, I mean, there was conversation about the Chiefs last offseason uh, because they gave up Tyreek Hill, and, and, and the conversation was generally, oh, boy, Chiefs are going to be taking a step back. Not so much. Not so much. Uh, I don't know that there was that much conversation. Look, there's conversation about every team's uh, during the offseason, but uh, generally the team that everybody's talking about the most during the offseason, it generally does not go great for them uh, during the season. But we're talking about the Jets, 1-800-919-3776. And the, and the two questions that um, I, I wanted to get to, one was when things have failed for the Jets at quarterback, between Sam Darnold and Zach Wilson. I guess maybe to a certain degree when they had uh, Mark Sanchez, but not so much because they did have some success there. But specifically with Darnold and Wilson, Jet fans have generally felt like, or there has at least been the narrative of, why do the Jets rush these guys into games? Especially with Wilson, because it was clear he was not ready to be an NFL starting quarterback when he got the job last year. So why do the Jets rush these guys into games? When you look at good organizations, they don't do that. Look at Kansas City. Mahomes sat for almost an entire season before he got the job. Or look at Green Bay. Rodgers sat for, what was it, three years before he got in there. And the problem with that thinking is, is that the Jets were not in the position. Those teams were good. Those were good teams. So you can have patience when you're winning games, but when you're a bad team and you're losing consistently, you can't draft a guy second or third overall, stink as a team, keep that guy on the bench, and then also keep your job. Like, what's the, why did we draft this guy? What, what is, it, yeah, maybe there is something to be learned by watching, but you also have to learn by doing. And why am I wasting time not putting this guy in games? So either if you think, and I don't know that there's many people that do, that Zach Wilson can eventually be the quarterback, well, what does Aaron Rodgers give you? It gives you someone you can put in and help you be a good team while he learns by reading a book, as uh, Robert Salah said. He can learn by watching rather than try to learn by doing. Or if you want, and Aaron Rodgers is here for the next couple of years, you can draft, maybe you draft somebody in the second round that you really like because you're going to probably have to give up at least one, probably more than that, uh, draft picks to be able to get Aaron Rodgers. And I get it. It's not going to be cheap. And I get it that there are going to be areas that if you are worried as a Jet fan, you can look to. You can look at that on any trail. You know he's 39. He's coming off a bad year. He's going to cost you draft picks. He's going to cost you money. Yes, that's the only reason why he's available. If he was not 39 coming off a bad year, making a ton of money, he wouldn't be available. That's the problem, part of it, with blowing the second overall pick and now trying to find a backup plan, which clearly whoever you get is going to be a backup plan. So that's the first thing. Jet fans have been asking for, well, you know, don't rush these guys into games. Let them sit there. Let them, let them uh, learn by watching, and, and eventually they'll get into the game and they'll be better for some reason. Okay, fine. That allows you to do that. This, this allows you to do that. The other thing that I've heard a lot of 
well, Aaron Rodgers, uh, if, you get, if you were able to get him and you add him with this defense and, and the skill position players, does that mean that you could win the division? Could you challenge the Bills? Could you be a Super Bowl team? Could, can we relax first, uh, to steal a word from, from Aaron Rodgers? Make the playoffs. That, that's the goal. Let's, get, let's start there. Let's walk before we can run. So, yes, if they can get Aaron Rodgers, the only goal to start would be let's make the playoffs. Don't worry about the bills as much. Don't worry about where the end goal is. Let's focus on the next step. And the next step should be going into the season with whoever the quarterback is, the Jets, we can all agree, have to make the playoffs next year. If the Jets do not make the playoffs next year, there will be changes. There's no other way to put it. We almost thought that there were going to be changes this offseason. For a little while, I mean, I was listening to that Jets' fourth, uh, fifth quarter show. I, I, the fans were not happy. So, uh, And with the way the season ended, how could they be? I mean, it was a complete flop at the end. All right, 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number, 1-800-919-3776. Let's start out on the phones. We'll uh, start off with Javier in Queens. Javier, first up on the Gordon Damer Show. Hey, what's up, Gordon? Thanks for having me on. I really love your show, man. Thank you, Javier. I appreciate that. Oh, no doubt. I mean, I believe I'm in agreement with you. I'm enjoying the conversation. Fans are really funny. But, like, you know, I'm not trying to compare Lamar Jackson and Aaron Rodgers, you know, one player to another. It's more about who fits the Jets next year, right? Like, the NFL is so short-term, you know, trying to predict. I I get it. Lamar Jackson is interesting in the fact that you you might want to – you would have that guy, if everything goes right, for 10 years. But the way that the the team is built, how the league is, like – He's only going to play with a group of players for like two, three, four years tops. You know, in that, in the late end of his career, you can't project who he's going to be with. So all we can talk about is next season. And the way that the team is now, the draft capital that they have and the draft capital that they would have considering who they get in a trade, it's just built better offensively for Aaron Rodgers. I think Lamar Jackson would need more here offensively or a, a lot of tweaks for it to be perfect. And if you're talking about just making the playoffs, the Jets missed the playoffs this year because they just lacked, like, just decent quarterback play. They didn't need a dynamic quarterback to make the playoffs this year. They just needed somebody to be able to hit, like, 60 to 65% of their passes on a, on a consistent basis. So for, for those reasons alone, I just think Aaron Rodgers is the, is the better short-term solution. It's not going to take as much to get him, and, and he fits in with what they're doing. Yeah, and I think that that's their goal, Javier. Thanks for the kind words and thanks for the phone call. Uh, Now, look, I don't think that Lamar Jackson is truly available. If he is truly available, if for some reason he wants out of of Baltimore and you can make a play for him and he wants to come here, I mean, those are a lot of things that need to – I mean, those are like the plates on the sticks trying to spin them while while you're you're keeping them all up there. Uh, If he does want to come here and and be a Jet, well, then obviously there's a new new leader in the clubhouse – yeah, that, that would be the first way to go, but that is going to cost you more, uh, and you probably have to give up draft picks there as well. Otherwise, they'd fran- I don't think that – see, I'd leave him out of the conversation because I can't, I can't sense a scenario where Lamar Jackson is, is wanting to leave Baltimore and says, hey, get me to the Jets. Stranger things have happened. The last time I said something will definitely not happen. It was Max Scherzer. Why would he ever want to go to the Mets? Well, we found out when he, the contract got released – but uh, I, I just don't think that that's a realistic possibility. Of the names, and here's the thing. Can you poke holes in adding Aaron Rodgers? Of course. You can poke holes in any move, any time, any sport. 
But the, the thing is, is not whether or not you want Aaron Rodgers or whether or not Aaron Rodgers is, the, is, um, is foolproof. It's of the option. Give me what the option is. If you're telling me, no, Aaron Rodgers is not the way to go, tell me what's better. Because of the names that, that are out there, of the names that we know are available, Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo, Tom Brady, Baker Mayfield. I mean, all you need to know of what the Jets have done to their fan base, there was a, a brief moment. A, a sh- it was a very short period of time, I will grant you. But there were times this year, this I think it was this, this calendar year, or at least this season, where Jet fans, there were some that said, you know what, we should just get Gardner Minshew. That's what the Jets have done to their fan base. They were publicly requesting Gardner Minshew. I mean, come on. That tells you how tortured these people are. They're like uh, Stockholm Syndrome or something. All right, let's go back to the phones. 1-800-919-ESPN is the uh, telephone number. Let's go to uh, Jose is in Brooklyn. Jose. Good morning. No, good afternoon, GD. How's it going? Any time of day, Jose. What do you got? Um, go, uh, I wanted to pretty much agree with you with the uh, offensive coordinator take with Nathaniel Hackett. I didn't feel like there were a lot of better choices. And this is kind of what happens with bad organizations. We simply just picked the we just simply picked the wrong player and we wanted someone's head on a stick and LaFleur had to be that guy and then we put ourselves in a situation where now no viable candidate wants to go to the Jets because everybody saw the situation and that's why LaFleur is now rehired under McVay and if this you know if we don't end up in a mandate Salah and everybody else are going to get rehired under the same coaching tree anyway. So it's just gonna it's just gonna pretty much epitomize that you know this was a situation that the judge kind of epically messed up on the situation. So hopefully they can get Aaron Rodgers and sit with, and fix the situation at the judge then. Yeah, I mean, look, Jose. I mean that that is the you're right. I mean, I think Nathaniel Hackett of the names that I saw and thanks for the phone call. That was the best one out there because I needed so and it wasn't like uh, there was a lot of boxes that he checked for me. But the most important box, the first box on the list was, have you done this job before and have you had success doing this job at some level? And it's 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 um his his resume is not without faults or not without uh, you know negative points, but. He's done the job. At least he's done the job before. And, and the fact that he does have a connection to the guy that you almost certainly have to be targeting first on a list for the quarterback, that don't hurt. That don't hurt. All right, let's go to Jerome is in East Orange. Jerome, next up on the Gordon Damer Show. Hey, how are you? Hey, Jerome. Uh, once upon a time, there was a guy named Brett Favre. Yeah. You got to turn down there the was radio. A guy named Brett. Yeah. All right. Yeah. There was about a time there was a, a Super Bowl winning quarterback. His mm-hmm. name was Brett Favre. Yes. And when he finished in Green Bay, somehow, some way, in his old age, he ended up a New York Jet. Yep. It pains me that we are going down the same path, thinking that. Uh, older quarterback who's probably past his prime, who hasn't really been healthy in the past couple of seasons, is going to come into New York and save the day. I so just you, you, you just see this as a replay of, of Brett Favre? 
Oh, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Well, if that's the case, I, just, I mean, you do remember the Jets were 8-3 and three that year and had come off wins against um, the Titans, I think, at the time. And there was another team I keep forgetting. Larry brought it up the other night, and I, I jogged uh-huh. my, my mind. But they were 8-3, and three and then Favre did get hurt, and they finished the season 9-7. and seven. He got hurt. Okay. Right? I mean, that is possible. Now, he was not done. I mean, the next year in Minnesota, he 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 guided a team that was, I think, twelve and four, or thirteen and three. He threw for over four thousand yards. He threw for thirty touchdowns. All those type of things. So yeah, I mean, he does get hurt. Which, Injuries do happen. Which is where, which is where he wanted to be in the first place. Yeah. Okay. But he used us for a year. Uh huh. Okay. Until he was able to get to where he wanted to go. Right now, okay. you realize in two thousand eight when when Favre went to the Jets, he made the Pro Bowl that year. I mean, it wasn't like he was terrible, right? No. Okay, so then I would ask you, Jerome, if you don't want want, uh, Aaron Rodgers because of the Brett Favre experience, what's the solution? Listen, if if Lamar Jackson was Okay, but you have to assume Lamar. uh, Yes, I will grant you if Lamar Jackson is available and you can get him for whatever the cost, okay, fine, go go hog wild. But let's assume that he's not going to be available. Listen, honestly – I would take what? What's the the guy from uh, the um, Las Vegas Raiders? Derek Carr. Derek Carr. I would take him. Okay. I mean, so you're, you're going to sign Derek Carr to like a five year deal, and he's going to be your quarterback. Aaron Rod- There's no way Aaron Rodgers, even if we sign him, that he would last five years. No, no way. That's, that's true. You're, he is a short term solution, but you'd have to admit, even uh, in as bad as Aaron Rodgers' year was this year, it was still better than Derek Carr's season. And you'd also have to say that Derek Carr had far more weapons at his disposal than Aaron Rodgers had this year. So even at 39, he's still better than 32-year-old Derek Carr. 39 with possibly maybe one or two good seasons left, maybe? Okay, well, I mean, that might be more years than Derek Carr has left. I mean, Derek Carr, like this year, look at what Derek Carr had to work with and got benched for the final two games of the regular season. You're right, but I, I just, I, I know what, I would rather try something new and fail at it than try something that we've done before. And because, it's, honestly, as a Jets fan, I love the Jets, but it's driving me absolutely nuts. It's driving me nuts. I mean, I I, I'm, not, I'm not a guy that hates on the, 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 the uh, teams in the same town, but, I mean, the Giants squeaked into the playoffs with a guy oh, they drafted. Who, you know, it's driving it's, it's I can't. Beat you down. No, I, Jerome, I get it. I understand. And thanks for the phone call. Look, that's what I'm about. I'm about bringing people together. I try to you, – you're on your side. I'm on my side. We, we, meet, we meet in the middle. And I, I appreciate him telling me that I'm right. That's the, the main thing I got out of that phone call is that he said I was right. Uh, I, look, I'm not, I'm not going to tell you that there's any path forward that is foolproof. The Jets, of all organizations – in all of sports, have showed you in their history there are no foolproof plans. But of what I got at my disposal, when I lay everything out on the table and I look at all the possibilities, to me, as a diehard Jet hater, the one I don't want the Jets to go with is Aaron Rodgers. Because, again, when they beat Tennessee and they're 8-3 and three and have Brett Favre as their quarterback, I'll be honest with you, at that point I was like, uh-oh. Jets might be ready to go on a run here. And now he did get hurt, so that is a possibility. It's football. 
But to me, out of all the possibilities I see at my disposal between uh, Derek Carr, Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo, oh my God, Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, can't you just see Jimmy Garoppolo coming here and by week six he's hurt and then by week seven you got Zach Wilson back in there? No, that, that is not a – I have to approach it from next year I must make the playoffs. And of the options I have at my disposal, the best one is clearly Aaron Rodgers. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. And we've been talking a lot about the Jets on this uh, Saturday afternoon with the conference championship games on the horizon tomorrow. We'll pick the games a little bit later on. Uh, you know, before we move on to the, the Giants, there was one other point I had on the Jets. I kind of brought it up uh, during the week, but uh, didn't uh, get a chance to, to take any calls on it. But, and it's for Jet fans uh, specifically. Because I heard a lot during the season and in the offseason, well, you know, whoever you get a quarterback, you'll be able to bring them in here. The Jets already have an elite defense. If you feel like the Jets have an elite defense, elite, not good, not better than the offense, but elite I would just ask, when you watch the 49ers and Cowboys game last week, and, and you watch those defenses specifically, did you watch those defenses and think, man, our defense looks like those defenses? We match up against those, because those defenses were elite. Those defense got after the quarterback, pressure, all those type of things. Certainly the Niners defense looked a whole lot better because uh, Dak Prescott was a mess last week. And that's why I think Dak deserves all the, the criticism that he gets. Sometimes too much credit and too much blame goes on the quarterback. But the reason why Dak deserves the most amount of criticism was because that was the one area in that game where you said, oh, Cowboys have a clear advantage. They have a quarterback to pay him big money to. He's supposed to be one of the better guys in the league. The other team, they got a seventh-round rookie. And it, and it certainly looked like Dak looked like the rookie. But back to the original question. If you're a Jet fan who thinks they have an elite defense, did you watch? Because I didn't. I, I did not think that the Jets' defense looks like that. I do think the Jets' defense is good, and maybe it can get better. I like some of the pieces, clearly, and it's better than the offense. But I just wondered if Jet fans like watch that defense, those defenses last week, and were like, boy, I could, I could almost imagine our defense doing those kind of things. All right, let's move on to the Giants. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. And not too many things before we get back to the phones here on the Giants. But I, I did say uh, last week that – and even before that, whenever the season ended for the Giants, there's always like a time period before you can start to look ahead to the next year or the future or whatnot. And that for Giant fans, that turnaround, whatever period of time that would generally be, it's going to be quicker because the season was such a success, right? Not just making the playoffs, but winning a playoff game, year one of a regime, loving the head coach, an answer at court. I mean, all the things that lined up for having a successful season that the Giants got that were kind of before the season uh, seemed unrealistic, that you got, you have to be able to turn the page very quickly, especially because the game was such a blowout. You know, sometimes you think, oh, blowout, oh, it's, it's, it's really tough. And during the game, I'm sure, if you were a Giant fan, that was, that was very tough to take against an Eagle team that you despise. But the, blo- the fact that it is a blowout, I think has a silver lining because it's clear cut. You can't get fooled into thinking, hey, you know what? We're really close to them. Just a little tweak here, a little tweak there. No, you're le- they're leaps and bounds better than you. And, and rightfully so. They're a Super Bowl contender, right? You shouldn't, you shouldn't be measuring yourself up against that. So it brings us to the offseason. Obviously, you had the comments from uh, Joe Shane during the week about Daniel Jones. He's going to be back. 
And it seems like the questions are really about Saquon Barkley. And he ha- some people feel like he has to be brought back. You don't have enough playmakers. You have to re-sign him. What will it cost to re-sign him? And I would just say, if you're a Giant fan that feels that way, I would say right now the Giants have four foundational pieces, that, or at least you're hoping to be, four pieces that you would like to keep for sure. And two of them you have to pay now, and two of them you'll have to pay next year. Uh, and they are the quarterback, clearly, Saquon, Dexter Lawrence, and Andrew Thomas. Those are the four pieces that I think stand out. And you, want to, you would like to be able to keep four, but if I, if I asked you as a Giant fan, rank those guys in order of importance to keep here. I think that there would be a lot of debate about who's one, who's two, who's three, and you could debate that. I don't really think there's much debate who's four. I think it's clearly the running back is four. Whoever the running back, as great as Saquon was this year, as important as he was this year, as much as you'd like to keep him, uh, I think that there's no question that he's number four. And um, when you take a look and take a look at the final four teams that are left in it this year, the Chiefs, their their offense, their leading rusher is a seventh round rookie who's making less than a million dollars. The Eagles' leading rusher is Miles Sanders. I think his number is one point two this year. Joe Mixon, he makes some money. I think he makes ten million dollars. But they also have a quarterback on a rookie contract, so you can you can afford to um, have somebody make and and. I mean, the reports were that Saquon turned down $12 million during the season, so you're not going to get him for $10 million after the season. It would seem kind of unlikely. And then you have the 49ers who traded for Christian McCaffrey, who's making $12 million a year. That's a lot. But they look at it as they're all in on this year, right? And they're only paying him, I think, less than a million, but let's say it's a million. And they'll, I'm sure, have financial obstacles to overcome down the road, but will also likely have a quarterback on a rookie deal. You don't pay running backs big money when you're building something. And to me, it would not surprise me at all. And I think it would make sense. Like, if you're telling me I can sign three of those guys, which one's left out, it's clearly the running back. You just don't pay the the running back that kind of money, no matter how good he is. And that's why it didn't make any sense to pick him second overall when you did. And we'll all live to be 100 years old. And we'll watch the NFL draft every April. And almost certainly we'll never see another running back go that high. Ever. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number, 1-800-919-3776. All right, let's go back to the phones here. Let's go out to uh, Ira's in Staten Island. Ira, next up on the Gordon Damer Show. Hey, Gordon, how are you? I had a laugh when you said elite defense. I mean, I think people overrated the Jets. I mean, it was a really solid, nice defense. Nice, yeah. I, I, it's, it, yeah, it's far from elite. Yeah, far from elite, um, exactly. As you, as you comment with the offensive coordinator, yeah, yeah, you know what? He, he he checked probably whatever boxes they did have. And I'm glad they got a veteran coordinator. I wasn't going with a, a rookie coordinator again. Um, and, and don't judge him by what he did as a head coach with Denver. Um, it's just that would turn out to be a disaster. Um, listen, with, with the desperation uh, of maybe he wanted a job, it's most not most desirable. The head coach is probably on a one-year deal if he doesn't win. You know, the quarterback things up in the air. So with all that said, you know, I, I think um, Packett, you know, was a reasonable choice. And, you know, going forward, you know, I'm so sick of talking about Rodgers. You know, we could talk from now to tomorrow. Would Johnson to write a check for $500 million? It doesn't mean Rodgers is going to choose to go to the Jets. And if anything, I don't know if you would have liked this, I think he's going to end up on your team. 
I think he's going to like the, the life in South Florida. I think two is probably going to have to retire because, unfortunately, with, with his health situation. And I would not be shocked at all if Rogers chose the Dolphins over the oh, Jets. God. Please, Ira, please be right. Uh, please, please be I right. I don't that want to be right. So I want to be wrong. Yeah, no, I know. I um, want. Yeah, and, and Tua, I don't know if anybody else noticed this, uh, but he's still in the concussion protocol. He's still not been cleared uh, from that concussion. I think he suffered. That was Christmas Day, right? The Packer game. I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah, Ira, thanks for the phone call. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, I, I mean, I, I agree with all your points. And, and here's the thing. When you have swung and missed as badly as the Jets did on the quarterback and, and obviously the, the offensive coordinator because it did not work with him here and you fired him, the next time I don't want you going out on a limb, right? Like your judgment on that is, is a little uh, suspect. So, I, yeah, that's another reason why I want you to go with somebody who has a track record. So we'll see what, what it means for the Jets long term. The one thing that I saw brought up, that to me means absolutely nothing whatsoever. What Nathaniel Hackett's hiring means for Zach Wilson. At this point, it sh- that should not be the goal at all. Zach Wilson has to be an afterthought. Now, if somewhere down the road he gets a chance at, at redemption, great. But that cannot be really anything of a factor in this because the only reason he's here is because you can keep him here and it's not costing you anything. Right? You don't have to decide on a fifth-year option. You don't have to pay him yet. So, yeah, I mean, in terms of an asset, you're, you're hoping to maybe recoup something from that somewhere down the road, but that should not be the goal of the next offensive coordinator or next season focusing on how Zach Wilson's coming along. It's about now. I don't have the time to worry about something two or three years down the road. i got to win now, and that's why I think Aaron Rodgers um, would be the choice. In terms of Miami, I would think that it would make sense, but here's the thing. The Dolphins uh, organization runs Miami, and those, those people are bobos. Uh, they, they, could not, uh, they could not make the right decision if it hit them on the head and said this is the right decision. So uh, I hope that Aaron Rodgers would be in the mix for down there. When you take a look at the teams that would be the, the most obvious three are the Jets, the Raiders, and the Titans. Now, you could look at the Raiders as being one there, but I don't know that the connection with the head coach is one. I think that if if Brady's going to make up his mind to play somewhere, they're going to be waiting for that. Uh, Maybe the Titans, uh, that's possible. But I think that the Jets have a clear-cut need there, and they cannot be – they can't be half-wing. they got to go full bore on getting that answered because if they don't answer that, you know, if it ends up with Ryan Tannehill or some – some secondary choice, that's not the way I would approach it if I wanted to keep the job. Um, that's for sure. I would be looking at and – the, and the owner feels the same way. He said that the quarterback is the missing piece. So of, of all – like when was the last time any of the other options that you're talking about would be the missing piece? Has, has anyone ever referred to Jimmy Garoppolo as the missing piece or Derek Carr? He's the missing piece. Ryan Tannehill is the missing piece. No, the missing piece, somebody that you're talking about being the missing piece, that would be the guy who's won MVPs not that long ago. Uh, Let's go out to uh, Dylan is in Jersey. Dylan, next up on the Gordon Damer Show. Dylan. All right, Dylan's not there. We'll go out to Danny is on Long Island. Danny, next up on the Gordon Damer Show. Good afternoon, Gordon. Always good to hear you. Thanks. A uh, couple of points. Obviously, if the if Aaron Rodgers wants to come to the Jets, the Jets would be obliged to take him. But let me just put some. Let me just throw a little uh, dust on Tampa down the expectations of what okay. that immediately means to the Jets. Because people on this radio station have said 
they would be playing for the AFC Championship today if they have Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers was in arguably the worst division in football this year. I think the Detroit Lions might have been the best team. They were 500 record. Other than Minnesota had a great record, but we know they were fake. He didn't make the playoffs. Aaron Rodgers in the last 11 years has been in the division without a team that has won a single playoff game. Without a team that has won a single playoff game other than him, and he has yet to be back to the Super Bowl since 2010. His mere presence on the team may make them a playoff team, but to think that all of a sudden he's leapfrogging the three or four or five or possibly six quarterbacks in the AFC who at this stage of their careers are better players in their system than Aaron Aaron Rodgers would be is ludicrous. Aaron was complaining, oh, he had new wide receivers, new this, new that. He's going to have all new everything this year. Coach, OC, stadium, bed to sleep in, pillow, offensive line, receivers. So all of a sudden, they're hopscotching all these other teams. No, they're not. So now the question is to the Jets organization, is it worth two years to make the playoffs? It's so important for us to just make the playoffs, which is obviously a possibility if they get Rodgers for the next two years. Because then you're in that 9-7, and 10-6 zone, and now you got to where do you get a quarterback for the next decade? Because you're not getting a top-level draft pick. So that's the quandary. It's not without uh, problems because of his, the way he is. I think if I was him, I'd be heading to Vegas because the media's not as severe. you got warm weather. you got your favorite wide receiver there. you got the weapons. you got the best running back. you got one of the best tight ends. I, I, think, he's going, I think he's going to Vegas. Uh, Dana, look, Danny, and thanks for the phone call. Yeah, I, I wouldn't doubt that. If you told me that Aaron Rodgers is going to go to the Raiders, that th- there's a lot of reasons why that would make sense. It would not shock me at all. I'm approaching it from the point of view of the Jets, though. Uh, if I'm the Jets, that's my number one target. That's the guy I'm going out and getting. Um, it's not even quite – and look, I get it, right? Like, if, if you bring him here and you get two years out of him and maybe you make the playoffs both years, maybe it's just one year, um, then you're going to be kind of – up, up a creek because then you got to find the long-term solution after that. I'll worry about that when I get to it. It's crisis time right now. I got to compartmentalize and, and find the answer for right now. I can't worry about three years. And, and I'm really in the NFL. I, I know we all say, well, Joe Burrow is going to be in Cincinnati for the next 10 years. This guy's in the next 10 years. I, I only focus on the next three years. Getting three years is the, is the most you can hope for in the NFL. So let me worry about this year. First off, how do I make the playoffs this year? And Rodgers clearly would be that. And then, you know, two years from now, if I got to go and, and find a quarterback, okay, fine. But then at least it establishes something where I get the heat off for at least one year. And at that point, you would like to think that the talent that you already have on the team, the young talent, has kind of established itself so that if you went and, and, and drafted a young quarterback – they would be able to bring him along a little, and you would do a better job of finding one because the last one was such a disaster. But then you're, you're kind of relying on the pieces that would still be here and, and still emerging, right? The Quinn and Williams, the Sauce Gardeners, the Garrett Wilsons, the Brees Halls. All those guys would be able to kind of prop up the young quarterback because they would be more veterans than, than what they are right now. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.